Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. The official sponsor of the Can We Please Talk podcast is Fresh Roasted Coffee. Let's get you some great tasting coffee to help you start your day off right. Whether you're shopping for coffees, teas, syrups, mixes, mugs, gift cards, and more, when you get to checkout, enter in the promo code CANWEGET20 to get 20% off your first purchase of the delicious coffee that helps Nick and I get through these episodes. Head to our sponsors at FreshRoastedCoffee.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome into an all-new episode of Can We Please Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Severi. On the program today, Nick, one major story has dominated the headlines recently. and It involves a former employer of mine, Nick and I, on the lawsuit by Dominion Voting Systems against Fox News over the 2020 election fraud claims, the recent text messages, emails, court filings that have come out about some of the communication between employees and on-air talent, Plus, we're going to revisit an interview we did with an on-air host from Fox News about this very subject matter. More on that later on the program. Uh, Some housekeeping notes before I turn to uh, my co-host Nick Saveri here as we're recording this episode on a holiday. Uh, LeonMediaNetwork.com. Head there, folks. Do me a favor. Head there. Subscribe to the pods under the banner like Back Your Play, a new sports podcast that's a part of Leon Media Network, hosted by veteran sportscaster Rich Quinones. Check out Q as he breaks down the biggest sports stories, making headlines, joined by some of the best insiders covering sports in America. This past week, Nick Costco from On3 Sports joined Rich to recap the Super Bowl and look at the 2023 NFL favorites. Subscribe to Back Your Play on LeonMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And also this March, coming to Leon Media Network, a brand new podcast called The Inner Puzzle, hosted by my friend Paula Byron. Each week, she takes you inside the stories of real people who share their struggles, their battles, and find strength and courage to get through it all. This is an amazing new podcast series coming to LeonMediaNetwork.com in March or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Go follow us on LeonMediaNetwork.com. For this show, Can We Please Talk? We're available up on LeonMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts, obviously. And follow us across social media, media, excuse me, IG, TikTok. At Can We Please Talk podcast on Twitter at Can We Please Talk. It'd be great if I could talk, Nick. Uh, now I'm going to let you talk. Uh, let's get to how you're doing, my friend. I uh, Long weekend here over the past couple days. I was uh, out in Disney World riding rides. Uh, I'm the Dumbo uh, for how much I paid to go over there to Disney World to take the kids, Nick. How are you doing over there in Pennsylvania? How, what's going on your way? All good things here. We uh, obviously are recording on President's Day, so it's been a, you know a long weekend with the kids, which has been fun. You know, they are doing all kinds of different sports and activities. So you know, the parents out there, it's just important keep your kids active, and you know, it, yeah, it just consumes my weekend. But I have fun, you know, going through all that. Um, yeah, I'm not shocked by the increasing prices of ride rides at Disney World. You know, currently with Disney, they're segmenting their entire corporation. You know, with Bob Iger coming back. Um, you know, it's a national holiday. It, well, debatable, right? Private businesses stay open federally. You don't expect your mail. But President's Day is always an interesting day, especially now as we are at a time where 
it's not just one side of the political arm that seems to be really ravenous about our history. Uh, you would think when I say that it's the left, right? You know, we hear a lot of conversations about, well, you know, those we consider our founding fathers own slaves. And there's a, there's a lot of minimalism going on and it should be. And then on the other side, there is the argument on the right of, well, we don't teach history enough. And the way we're teaching it now is too woke. All these you know, stupid words, right? Both sides tend to minimalize the importance of American history. They both argue that their version of it is the most correct. And what I would argue as, re- as it relates to President's Day is just simply recognizing that you know, of these 40 some odd people who have been leaders of the country, there's a lot we can learn from their respective administrations. In the coming weeks, we're going to have on a, or returning to our show a presidential historian who will you know, talk for, more about just a book that's coming out, but also just what do we mean when we talk about the legacy of presidents? So on this President's Day, I was looking at my bookshelf and some of you can, you know, for those who watch us on video and thank you for doing so, you can see on the back of my bookshelf, there's a section here. Some of you may see it where there are books that are focused on, you know, so, you know, current events, history. I'm a history buff. So on my desk, now, for those who are listening, I'll describe them. And if you are in video, you can see them. Is I have a copy on one hand of Founding Brothers by Joseph Ellis. Talks about the story of those men. Of course, they were men because, heaven forbid, we listened to women or gave them any political power until freaking 1919. The story of those gentlemen. But at the same time, I also have a copy of, yes, Nicole, Nicole Hannah-Jones' is The 1619 Project. The reason I'm emphasizing books that, and by the way, if you listen to Joseph Ellis, who's the author of Founding Brothers, he doesn't really refute you know, what, um, you know, what Miss Hannah-Jones' argument is in her book. The point I'm making here is that it's okay to be educated. It's okay to read voluminous voluminously i think that's the right word all the different perspectives that make up this pastiche that we call american history to understand the impact of 40 some odd people i believe we're at 46 right now it's crucial not necessarily just because i'm a history buff but it's just important to know how we got here but not just facts and dates processes impact you know what were the contributions of these people but not just of these people this country is not about its 46 presidents it's about the people who were appearing during those times the impact of frederick Douglass on the administration of abraham lincoln the impact of dr martin luther king on president lyndon johnson along with you know folks like malcolm x but understanding presidential history within the context of its time and i say this because i as a fan of American history, I'm just reaching a point where I'm just tired of the arguments on either side that just minimalizes or try to demonize, you know, where we are with American history. And and I bring this up because my co-host today is going to be taking us to a very important breakdown of what's been going on as it relates to one media organization. And like we talk about all the time, and I bring this up with these books, is this idea of being more media literate, being more historically literate, as I just talked about. And that's vital because on President's Day, if you're sitting on either side of the spectrum and you're ranting and raving about American history, then I would say that in the time you're taking to rant and rave, I would suggest simply going to a bookstore 
and and just dive in. I have no follow up for that, Your Honor. Uh, did a good job there of summing it up, and uh, hopefully our our listeners haven't switched to another podcast for more historical knowledge. Uh, yes, we do have a presidential historian coming on in the coming weeks. Uh, check out that episode coming soon. Let's get into our first segment, Nick. A lot has been made about what is happening with respect to Fox News and this recent uh, court filings that came out over the last couple of days. I think it happened uh, this past Friday. In a, in a, of course, as always, a, a news dump in a Friday afternoon uh, so everybody can head into the weekend and not cover it. You and I had already recorded an episode prior to that talking about Nikki Haley announcing her run for president and then obviously uh, covering all the stuff with Idris Ali over at, at Reuters uh, with the Chinese spy balloon, with the recent object shot down, all this stuff that's been happening over the news. And then you get this Friday news dump about, if you don't recall, last uh, about 2021, in March of 2021, Dominion voting system sued Fox News for $1.6 billion over 2020 election claims of fraud and that the machines were rigged to help steer votes into the direction of President Biden and take votes away from former President Donald Trump. Um, let me give you, let me play for you, excuse me, a quick clip of this surmise by NBC News. A newly released court filing is shedding light on Fox News's coverage of election fraud, which made the network the target of a billion-dollar defamation lawsuit. The document includes internal communications from Fox anchors and staffers pushing back on claims that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. NBC News senior reporter Jane Tim joins us now. So, Jane, what are we learning about these conversations, and why are they so important to this lawsuit? You know, the, these, this filing quotes and reveals significant uh, behind-the-scenes discussions between Fox News anchors, Fox News executives, uh, about the things that they were reporting, all these enormous doubts they were casting on American democracy systems and broadcasting, you know, the president's attorneys and the sort of broad claims that they were making, things like foreign communists were involved in these sort of a massive global schemes to steal the election from Donald Trump, that while they were reporting on those issues and putting these people on air, they were behind the scenes saying things like, I don't believe this. So a couple things first I want to do before we actually dive into this topic, because there really is two parts to this topic, in my opinion. There's the first part, the actual lawsuit, and, and Fox has been sued before in the past. Some cases they've won, others they haven't won. Uh, we can get into the history of their cases at another time, but some of it is relevant uh, for this. And then there's the second part of it, Fox News as a news organization, the programming aspect of it, the news versus the opinion side of the house. But real quick, like I mentioned, the court filing is a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit by Dominion Voting Systems against Fox News, right? It claims that, you know, at the time, uh, back in November of 2021, Fox News knowingly was putting people on that were spreading baseless conspiracy theories about their voting machines. And they say that all of this stemmed from obviously what happened back in November uh, of 2020, when Fox News and the decision desk, which I have maintained on this show, and others in the industry, that is one of the best uh, election decision desk, right? In terms of what they use there and their proprietary software or whatever it is uh, where they actually make determinations based upon how many registered voters there are versus how many votes are still left to count and then make a determination as to whether or not this person is going to win the election in that specific state. They called it Arizona for President Biden. 
uh, excuse me, uh, Democratic candidate, uh, Joe Biden at the time, now obviously current president. And from there, the lawsuit claims that a lot of backlash from Fox News viewers uh, they were seeing it in real time. There's one email that said, holy cow, our audience is mad at the network. And then obviously uh, over the next couple of days, you saw more people, thousands of viewers flocking to the conservative outlet Newsmax as the primetime viewership shot up on Newsmax from 58,000 people watching on a primetime basis to 568,000 people post seven days after the election had been called by Fox for Joe Biden, at least Arizona had been called and it looked like the numbers weren't going to add up. Uh, some of the text message exchanges obviously went between Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram texting about some of the different folks in the Trump org. Uh, and I say org, meaning like orbit uh, with respect to Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, you know, Jenna Ellis, some of these folks that were representing the president at the time to you know sue some of these states and and say that there was voting fraud happening and these systems were being tipped off or there were hard drives being uploaded to some of these systems we're going to get into all this in a second but one of the text messages says um do the executives understand how much credibility and trust we've lost with our audience this was fox's primetime star tucker carson writing to his producer According to Dominion's brief, again, this all came out recently because of the court filings. We're playing with fire, Carlson says, for real, an alternative like Newsmax could be devastating to us. Um, now, I want to, before we get into each other's takes, Nick, and I'm going to go last. Normally, you tend to go first on this. I'm going to go last. Obviously, I worked at the network. I used to get a paycheck once upon a time that said Rupert Murdoch's name in signature. Um, so I want to give a little bit more perspective about, again, the two parts to this. The lawsuit part and where that will end up, we don't know, neither you or I or a legal analyst, but that is going to play out as we get more and more about this. Um, but the second part is where I lend my expertise, and that's the programming angle of this, news versus opinion. So uh, like I said, about overall $1.6 billion lawsuit filed in March of 2021. Same time in March of 2021, Nick and I happen to have an on-air host from Fox News, our buddy, Mike Emanuel. He's chief Washington correspondent at Fox News. He's been there at the network since 1997, I believe. So over 20 plus years covering different campaigns and elections, writing stories, not only for foxnews.com, but obviously hosting Fox News Live Sundays at one o'clock. Mike is one of the people that I've pointed to on this program as the news people that are in that organization. And there is a clear distinction between news and opinion to me and Nick and to viewers that understand that delineation that I just gave right now, news and opinion. There isn't one on the broadcast. There isn't a graphic that says this person's an opinion commentator. This person is an actual host. This person is a contributor, et cetera, et cetera. Some of it is delineated. Some of it is not. I want to play for you when Mike came back on our show around the same time that this lawsuit was about to be filed, actually, the same week he came on our program and he said a couple things with respect to questions we asked him about the news versus the opinion side of the house and about what happened in November with Fox's election desk calling uh, the, the Arizona election for Joe Biden. Take a listen first to Mike talking about the election results being reported by the election desk. You know, we took a hit election night 2020 because I think we were first to call Arizona for Joe Biden. And 
looking at the map that basically said to the audience that Joe Biden was going to be the 46th president of the United States. Um, a lot of diehard Fox viewers uh, were not happy with that. Um, and so then you get into an issue of do you tell people the truth or do you tell people what you what you think they want to hear? But I think it's an interesting and, and challenging dilemma because if we lied to the audience that night when we had the numbers saying Joe Biden was going to win, then in a couple of weeks when they find out that what we said election night wasn't true, then have we lost all credibility with them? I would, I would hope so. And then Mike later on in the interview was talking to us a little bit more about, and I think you asked him this question, Nick, about, hey, I'm just a regular viewer here. What is the difference between news and opinion and how other networks, you know, CNN, MSNBC, their regular competition is doing some of the same thing? Take a listen to Mike's answer here. I've come into contact with folks in my personal life, outside of work, uh, who are like, oh, you're the Fox guy. I can't stand, you know, certain opinion host. And I say, well, what they do and what I do are very different things. You know, I think a lot of people who've gotten to know me um, outside of work and then watch my work go, oh, got it. Like, there's a big difference between the opinion side and the news side. All right, Nick, one thing I want to mention uh, before I let you go, I want you to give your takes and then I'm going to go afterwards. Um, the court filing also put out a lot of information about um, Neil Cavuto trying to cut away from a news conference that was held by Kaylee McInerney talking about some unsubstantiated allegations. And what ended up happening was when they cut away, they went to a reporter, Jackie Heinrich, who's uh, another, um, I think she covers the White House, when Peter Ducey is not available, or, or she also covers it in conjunction with Peter Ducey. And she tweeted out at around the same time that there was no evidence of any voting system being deleted, lost, or changed votes. And Carlson texted, please get her fired to Sean Hannity. This is all according to the court filing, saying Heinrich was hurting the company's bottom line. Uh, and she later deleted her tweet, by the way, I think within a 24-hour period. Um, for context and background, if you're wondering why we're talking about something like this, the State of the Union address that happened a couple of weeks ago was watched by about 27.3 million people, according to Nielsen Advisory. And the number one network that people watched was Fox News. Fox News or a Fox affiliate, over 4.7 million people watched on Fox News, the State of the Union address, more than any other network in the primetime hours in the primetime hours on cable news. Now, again, in comparison, 331 million people live in the United States. Very small uh, percentage of those watch actual cable news, less than 1%, around 1% actually. But regardless, Fox News dominates the other networks in terms of their primetime coverage. From 7 p.m. on, uh, for, they're the number one network watched, 2.7 million people watching uh, uh, Jesse Waters, at 7 p.m. on Fox News versus the other folks at MSNBC and CNN, respectively, combining for 1.5 million. That nearly doubles when you get to Tucker Carlson and his 3.15 million audience compared to you know 1.6 million. Uh, well, actually, yeah, it's a little bit more than double uh, with Anderson Cooper and and uh, Chris Hayes on uh, CNN and MSNBC. Uh, respectively. And then obviously 2.5 million with Sean Hannity, 2.1 million, again, blowing out the rest of the shows in the primetime lineup that are airing 
on other networks. I just want to give that background and context because I think it's I think it's vital to understand holistically the network performs in the primetime programming hours. The only other show that actually performs really well on Fox News, funny enough, is at 5 p.m., which is the five. And it's their most watched show recently, which has five people hosting. If you don't know about this, normally it's like Judge Jeanine Pirro, Jesse Waters, Greg Gutfeld. And then they'll have a contributor or two. Again, no distinction made of contributor on that show. But like Harold Ford Jr., who's a former uh, Democrat, uh, not former Democrat, he's still a Democrat, but he's a former member of Congress. You'll have different people rotating in there. Normally, there's one Democratic voice and four other conservative voices. That show gets 3.5 million people watching it at 5 p.m., as opposed to the other networks averaging a total of 1 million people watching. So Fox News is mainstream media. In terms of how many people watch this network for news and opinion, and I want to get into that when I give my takeaways, but Nick, first I'll get into your takeaways. I gave a bunch there about the court filing. We played sound from Mike being on the show. Ha, apropos, we didn't know at the time the Dominion lawsuit was just starting to make noise. And we had already had Mike on the week of, I checked back, March 24th of 2021 is when we had him on. The lawsuit came out March 26th of 2021. We've had on other Fox News folks on this program. I'm going to get into them in a second in my take. But give me some of your overall impressions when the news came out about uh, the court filings, the text message exchanges. You and you started texting me right away. You got, I know you're going to say some of that stuff here on this part. Uh, but give me some of your overall impressions about the lawsuit itself and then feeding into Fox News as a news org. You know, my when I reached out to you with this weekend, similar to what you and I had talked about during the January 6th hearing actually, you know, when it was revealed, I believe it was during the January 6th hearing that, you know, there were messages from people at Fox actually to the president uh, or in reference to the president about toning down the, the rhetoric about the stop the steal campaign and what was going on essentially with those text messages was the, was the very real revelation that folks like Sean Hannity recognized that this is getting out of control. But it was also the reality of the fact that Donald Trump lost the election. You know, the the most popular names at Fox News all agreed with that. So now, fast forward a few months later, we come to this. So, you know, my initial takeaway is that I'm not surprised. Um, I'm more really curious about viewers of the network. So I've always been critical of Fox News as a brand. Um you know, as I said, I said in my opening about being a student history, uh, I'm familiar with essentially the origin of Fox News, everything from, you know, Roger Ailes's relationship with Richard Nixon to the, the launch of the network from Rupert Murdoch um, in the 90s, and really the origin of, of a network that was just basically going after the Clintons 24-7, you know, and, ha- and had characters like Rush Limbaugh, um, you know, and folks like that. And that's what they've always been. Now, what's been great about this show and in my relationship with Mike, um, my, my co-host, not Mike Emanuel, but is the understanding of, of the larger machine and the workings at Fox News. You know, years ago, I had a friend, I'm, we're still friends, who anytime when he would send me a news article, had sent it from Fox News. And he's a, you know, I don't know if he watches as much, but the articles he would send me at Fox News, 
seem like news articles. They weren't editorials. It was just some something that happened in the news. Now, of course, like most news agencies, Fox will emphasize some stories, you know, as opposed to others. But, you know, they seem like reliable pieces of reporting. And when we think about Fox, something I've learned on this show is I think about folks like Mike Emanuel. Uh, I believe Trey Yanks is at the network. And Mike, you had done an interview with him at, at some point, too. Uh, Marie Harf, we've, who we've gotten to know, who's been on the show multiple times, who's become a friend of ours, who was at the show in D.C. with us, a supporter of the brand, who represent what Fox News could be, which is fair reporting. Unfortunately, what Fox promotes are folks like Jesse Waters, are folks like Tucker Carlson. Now, I don't know where Jesse is with all this. You know, does did he actually believe the election was stolen? I, I don't know. Um, but what Tucker's text messages tell me is Tucker is an entertainer and he recognizes the threat. Um, you know, many of you, you know, many of you seen us make this analogy before with professional wrestling and television news. And I'm gonna bring it here. You know, when the performer starts to make references to the fact that there are inner workings going on, you know, within the league or within the offices, right? In the WWE, it's about Vince McMahon. And, um, you know, when there's references to Vince McMahon as the owner, as the business person, not as the character cartoonish villain on these WWE programs, people get in a lot of trouble. And most recently, I saw an interview, or not an interview, a guy did a uh, did a promo at a wrestling event. And it's just so funny, this popped in my head this evening, but it just came to me. And he starts talking about the network. He's actually leaving. Like, he's actually about to leave. Um, but he talks about, you know, the WWE and talks about, you know, Vince McMahon and everything going on. And at some point, the mic gets cut out and fans are losing, losing their minds. The commentators don't know what's going on. But what essentially happened is that the guy pulled the curtain. And said, hey, this is actually what's really going on, in case you're curious. Vince McMahon is a so-and-so. The people who believe him are so-and-sos. And he just put it out there. And I thought about that a lot when I thought about these text messages over the weekend. Because what is going on with some of the folks like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity are sensible people that realize there is a narrative that you must maintain. Now, why you must maintain is what Mike's going to talk about in a moment. But there is a reality that you cannot refute. And what Tucker's talking about in his text is, for the sake of ratings and the sake of our brand, we must keep the story. I'm reminded of a great line from The Wire. And I suggest watching this. Or if you look up this quote from Slim Charles, but it's the idea of, like, we got to fight on that lie, right? There's a scene involving a a gang war, and and the premise for the war probably is a flawed one, but you got to fight on that. That's the whole point that he's saying. And that's what Tucker's basically saying, too, is that, yes, this is all nonsense, but we got to stand on this. Otherwise, the folks down the street are about to take our corner in the form of Newsmax, in the form of OAN. So he's just protecting the brand. In a way, I respect that, shockingly. But at the same time, my question really is to folks, Mike, you know some, I know some. There are people who listen or watch this show, and again, thank you for doing so, who also watch Fox News. All of you over the last couple of days basically were received the equivalent or experienced the equivalent of being CC'd or BCC'd on an email that you shouldn't have been. And when these folks at Fox are talking about folks like Sidney Powell, 
and saying she's a so-and-so, Rudy's a so-and-so, you know, Trump's argument is whatever. They're talking about these people dismissively. And this is the former president and two well-regarded attorneys. What in the world do you think these people at the network think about you? If they think so little of these folks, what do you think they feel about the viewers? Think about what Tucker's text really gets into. We can't lose these folks to Newsmax. Just think about that. This isn't about, hey, our mission as a news organization is to promote the news. This isn't Walter Cronkite. This is P.T. Barnum. And he's worried about losing the carnival to the show down the street. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Nick, today's episode is presented as always by our friends over at Fresh Roasted Coffee. Since 2009, their passion has always been bringing you gourmet coffees from all over the world, roasted fresh to order. I got my coffee snob here, Nick Saveri. Nick, tell these people, coffee snob it up here. Tell these people why Fresh Roasted Coffee is so good and why they're the official sponsor of Can We Please Talk. You know, often the best cup of coffee that you're ever going to have is the one you can you can make from home. And you need good quality coffee to do that. And that's what Fresh Roasted Coffee offers. You know, between single origin, between blends, flavors, anything on the coffee spectrum they've got. But more importantly, and I can't stress this enough, often when you purchase coffee, you don't know where to start. I mean, there's so many different varieties, so many different opportunities, so many different things you could choose from. And Fresh Roasted Coffee just gives you a very simple questionnaire and just says, hey, figure out what your cup, what your coffee cup is. Figure out what blend works for you. I've gotten some single origin recommendations, so is Mike, and that's influenced everything. And what they recommend, you can get in a Keurig cup, the way Mike takes it. You can take it in the way I do it, which is typically through a French press, or you can get it for a percolator. Whatever coffee machine you've got, they've got you covered. But more importantly, just a huge variety and a way to learn more about coffee itself. No, that's very well said. And all of this is available at freshroastedcoffee.com on their site. One cup is all it takes to fall in love with fresh roasted coffee but you get a discount for being a listener of can we please talk all you got to do is enter in the promo code can we get 20 at checkout to get 20 percent off your first purchase head to freshroastedcoffee.com today 
I want to I want to piggyback on a, on a few points that you said there, and then take people inside. Like I mentioned, the two parts of this: there's the actual lawsuit, and again, lawsuits have come before Fox News before, again uh, prior to. Uh, I'm sure more lawsuits will happen in the future, um, and other networks have also been sued for other different things. Not the purposes of what we're going to talk about here because it's not relatable. Um, I want to rattle off a couple of names. You mentioned a couple of names before for Fox News. Um, Chad Pergram, Jackie Heinrich, Jennifer Griffin, Benjamin Hall, Trey Yinks, Mike Emanuel, Eric Sean, Shannon Bream, Brett Baer. I just mentioned about eight or nine names right there. Congressional reporter, White House correspondent, uh, Pentagon correspondent. That's a legend in this business, Jennifer Griffin, Benjamin Hall who is on the mend after taking, uh, uh, I think, a, a mortar blast in Ukraine. Uh, and he's finally starting to walk again. Um, he's a fantastic international correspondent. Trey Yinks, who's been on this program, the war correspondent at Fox News, Mike Emanuel, our buddy, chief Washington correspondent. Shannon Bream, who hosts Fox News Sunday. Eric Sean also hosts some Fox News live show. And then obviously, Brett Baer and Special Report. If you're not watching any of those folks, if you have no idea who any of those names are and you are a Fox News viewer, that's a problem because those are the people you can actually watch at the network. The issue I've been having is, and, and whenever you hear about Fox News talked about in democratic politics circle, and I've been listening to a few shows, Pot Save America, uh, the former Obama staffer guys, uh, which obviously they had such a close hand with Fox News and some interviews that he had with Bill O'Reilly and this and that, um, and whether or not Fox News is legitimate or a propaganda arm. I'm here to tell you it's not a propaganda machine. It is not overall a propaganda machine. Are there areas of Fox News that are promoting things that are nonsensical, highly opinionated, or to my point overall that I've made since this show first started when we first talked about news, which was being pot committed. It's a poker term, folks. If you have pocket aces, you have two aces and you bet and the cards come out and there's no ace on the board and you still feel like you have the top pair, you will continue to bet. And then you have to make a determination when somebody bets into you, either raises you or calls whatever it is that you have put out on the table, you have to determine whether or not you have enough money to stay in the pot. And, and is the pot worth it? So if you've got a hundred bucks left and there's 500 bucks in the middle of that pot, is that pot worth it to stay in it? Because you feel like you've got to stay in it. You've got to stay pot committed. And Fox News has hosts that are too pot committed right now. It's beyond uh, probably their wildest imaginations. When Sean Hannity started at a radio station in Atlanta, there's no way he thought he would be hosting a show for over 20 years now to the tune of 2.5 million people watching him every night on prime time at nine o'clock, you know, on a major network. So these folks are pot committed to tell you their opinions. But between 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., every single person that I just mentioned before on that list does not appear on any of those shows. You heard Mike Emanuel in the clip before mentioned is a difference between news and opinion. So I get a little bit to a way lesser extent upset about the folks like the Obama guys who talk about Fox News being totally propaganda and you can't watch the network at all. That's false. They know it's false. That is 100% false. There are great journalists, reporters, 
on-air talent that work at the network that put their head down and go about doing their job. And the reason I know that is because I was one of the people helping those folks. I did nightly news cuttings at the top and bottom of the hour. I did obituary packages. I worked on the assignment desk. Um, I worked to programming ancillary to some of these shows where it was about giving people the news of the day. I just turned this on. I'm about to watch the O'Reilly Factor. But at the top of the hour, here are the top five stories that we are covering for you because there is a news division to this. Now back to first take, just like you see on ESPN, where SportsCenter tells you the top couple stories of what's happening across major sports. And then they go to ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, who's getting paid $10 million to give you his opinion. It's very similar in principle. You can argue about whether or not news and sports are relatable if one's more important than the other. We can totally get into that. Millions of people stake their lives around sports. My day job is in sports. So I would tell you sports is just as important as news. I digress on there. Tucker Carlson, Greg Gutfeld, Jesse Waters, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Dan Bongino, Mark Levin. If you watch any shows and you know those names of people on a nightly basis, that's a you problem. And I would argue that those folks are not only a danger to democracy and to what we're trying to build and continue in this country, but they also don't mean some of it. And the text messages prove out them not meaning some of it. Fox doesn't make the distinction that, hey, here's a disclaimer at the top of the show. By the way, everything that you're about to see in this next hour of programming is the opinion of one host and also contrived of his senior producers putting spins on different uh, talking points or topics. Just as we were about to start recording this episode, Nick, I turned on Tucker Carlson because we happen to be recording in the evening. And the story that he's covering right now is Don Lemon from CNN going AWOL because he's offended some of his female co-anchors with respect to what he said about women being in their prime. Now, fair to cover that because obviously CNN is covering the lawsuit happening at Fox News. Are the two comparable? Probably not, uh, because one is giving misinformation. The other one was Don Lemon's opinion on a morning show. They're not comparable. They're not even apples to oranges. However, is fair game to go after that. So that's what Tucker Carlson's putting on at 830 uh, on a Monday night as he's having on somebody just like me and Nick, who happens to host a podcast and news commentary to talk to a little bit more about how Don Lemon uh, is offending women everywhere. And now the CNN anchor is AWOL. If you go to foxnews.com right now, you can do this very easily. Go to foxnews.com right now. There's a search bar at the top right. Click on that. Type in the word Dominion and let me know what you see. I'm going to tell you what you see. You get results for old Dominion basketball. There are no stories about Dominion voting systems, except one video that was done by an interview done by Eric Sean, who happened to have on a Dominion spokesperson, Mike Steele, I believe was his name. This was back in November to explain how Dominion machines work, the touchscreen process, the copy that's printed, what's handed to an election official, how that copy is used for recount purposes, et cetera, et cetera. Eric asked a couple of questions that were in the ballpark of like, what kind of questions is that? And then some actual news questions. But again, he's firing off those questions because at the time, 
the president, the former president of the United States was making these claims. So he's like giving you the with his face, with his tone, with his infliction, like, I don't want to ask you this, but they've made this claim that Hugo Chavez used Dominion voting systems when he was the Venezuelan president. Or is that true? Like, so these are the kind of nonsensical things that a, a straight news person like Eric Sean is had to ask the Dominion voting systems folks. I give you all of this background and context because and, and I've been approached by other networks to talk about this, maybe appearing on, on some other shows uh, recently, uh, coming up soon, excuse me, to talk about some of this stuff, because it is a little personal to me. I've mentioned a bunch of times on this show, if this is your first time listening to it, I would appreciate you go back into the annals of this show and listen to other episodes. But I've mentioned before, I really enjoyed my time working at Fox News. It's where I truly learned a bunch of different things that are still in the marketplace now from MPS the system that you use to build a rundown to how to build a rundown, you know, to how to create over the shoulder graphic animations to you know, video editing an obituary package for Peter Jennings that ended up passing away when I was working there. Um, all of these things that I that I learned in journalism school and was able to continue at Fox News. I'm truly appreciative of my time since then, since I left in 2006, I've been offered two positions to go back to Fox News, one in television production and one most recently uh, overseeing Fox Nation, which is obviously their streaming service that streams a lot of Tucker Carlson original series content. And for that reason alone, for content that not only I don't agree with, but I know is just mostly made up and an opinion because this person happens to draw the most ratings and garner the most money for the company so he can create car, car, content car a la blanche, right? I believe is the saying. Um, I didn't want to oversee something that housed content like that was pushing out content like that to the audience. And mainly it's because of what you're seeing right now with these text messages where Tucker is saying, if we don't do it, someone else is going to do it. The guys down the street, Newsmax and OAN. And I've mentioned to you before, one of my friends is a Newsmax senior producer for their highest rated show. And in private conversations between him and I, a lot of the subject matter that we talk about is related to how are you covering this like that? And, you know, he read between the tea leaves. He gives me a little bit of a, yeah, you know, it is what it is because they're trying to keep pace with the other guy that's doing it in prime time to a much larger audience. And he's making it up as he goes along. I have to one up each other. We've made this analogy before with when Candace Owens says something, seems like Megyn Kelly feels like she has to say something. And then Tommy Lauren has to say something because they all can't coexist. It's, it's catching that wave. If you know the surfing analogy, I have to ride that wave for as long as I can. I don't know when I'm ever going to catch something like this again. And, you know, to your point, Nick, I do salute these. Oh, I don't salute. I, I, I do appreciate that they're upfront about it. They're not upfront on air, but they are upfront about, I got to ride this out. It's too late now. These people want it. And if I don't give it to them, somebody else is going to give it to them. And there's money to be made here in this. You and I have talked about this all the time. We're not loaded. You and I are not loaded. We're not, we're not influenced by millions of people coming to visit us because we could easily rename this the Two Brown Guys Love America podcast. Nick and I put on the hats, right? And we go out there. We love America. And, and Nick going on the Dinesh D'Souza show. And then I'll go on Dan Bongino on a Sunday night. And, and everything would be great. And we'd be making tons of money. And Charlie Kirk and all these folks, 
But there's a part of it where we don't believe that stuff and they don't believe that stuff. And the issue I have and have always had and have always maintained is I'm coming at it from a different angle. You maybe read this stuff and you go, you know what? I don't trust this. This is from AP. This is from USA Today. You know, some of this is from Dominion themselves. So, right, they obviously have an ax to grind because they're suing for all of this stuff and their company was harmed and all that. Okay, I get some of that. Um, but I worked there. I was in the building. I had a badge that worked there. I was assigned to a show that's still airing there in primetime hours. Like, so I'm still friends with folks from that network. We talk to people all the time that help us get book guests from that network on. You've mentioned Marie Harf and some other contributors that have been on this program. Leslie Marshall has been on this. Trey Yanks has been on this program. Uh, Chad Pergram, like I mentioned. So we get access to people on the network and we bring on contributors and we bring on uh, obviously correspondence across whether it be Pentagon, War, White House, because we know that they're covering it. We know that they're covering the news. What is a news story, folks? There's a car fire in Queens. Two people have died. Authorities say X, Y, Z. Somebody goes out there and interviews the police, victims, witnesses, and then creates a story. We're talking to those people. I'm not talking to Tucker Carlson. We're not talking to Jesse Waters. We're not talking to Greg Gutfeld. And if you want that kind of talk, if you want that kind of podcast, the beauty of this country is you're allowed to have that kind of podcast. You're allowed to listen to that kind of stuff. Maybe it's a beauty, maybe it's a curse. Who knows? But you're allowed to do it. You're allowed to be lazy in terms of your search habits. You're allowed to be what Nick started all of this with, a historical lesson about reading different things. You're allowed to not read and call a book, a book too woke for you because you don't want to learn about it. But at the end of the day, know that that's a you issue. That's not an us issue. And the fact that folks don't know the difference between news and opinion on that network. And if you're not watching Tucker Carlson, Greg Gutfeld, Jesse Waters, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Dan Bongino, Mark Levin, if you are not watching these folks for levity and comedic relief, and you're taking a series of commonalities across whatever data points that they're giving you, and you're interpreting it as fact, and you're taking that argument out to wherever you go, know that, and I'm saying this, you are an idiot. And also, you are factually wrong, because those are not the people at the network that are actually giving out news and facts. And don't believe me, believe the court proceedings where Fox News lawyers have argued that no reasonable person would take Tucker Carlson serious. All right, for the video portions of our show, speaking of stuff you can subscribe to and watch, uh, head to our YouTube channel, type in Can We Please Talk Podcast, hit the subscribe button for me. Audio podcast platforms, you know them by now, Apple, Spotify, Google. Shout out to all the good people at Good Pods that listen to us. Also, shout out to the good folks over at Braid. We've been telling you about this social media app that we've partnered with to create content over there on Braid. Download it in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Search for me at Can We Please Talk Mike. Search for Nick, excuse me, at nick.cwpt. Follow us. Continue the conversation with us on Braid. We have guests that have been on this program coming over to Braid before the talk and after the talk. A couple different segments that we shoot over there on Braid. So go download that app and check out more exclusive content from us over there. 
can't thank each and every one of you for listening to this program. For those of you that write in, email us, can we please talk podcast at gmail.com if you want to talk more about this. And we'll read your feedback on air. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And offering you your weekly reminder that reading is always better than watching. I'm Nick Saveri. We'll see everybody next time. Thank you.